Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your child care necessities, check out Care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your child care needs. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I am so excited about today's guest. For any of you out there who have watched the film Jesus Revolution, today we have the pastor with us who was depicted in the movie as the young man who was in searching for meaning in life, and he found Jesus, and he continues to spread the good word today. So I am so excited to have Greg Laurie, who is the senior pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship. He began his pastoral ministry at the age of 19. Like I said, if you saw the movie, you saw that how that began. And he wrote the the book about his life. And he says that the Jesus movement of the 1960s and 70s really needs to have a bit of a revival today. And I know you're working on that. So Pastor Lori, thank you so much for joining us. Tudor, thanks for having me. Great to be here. I am. I, I watched that movie and I was like, man, it's funny because, you know, I was born in the 70s. So it was something that looking back and seeing that I can see my grandparents in that, you know, my grandparents like, oh, this isn't how we do church. And I yeah. still hear that today, honestly, yeah. from people like we have a, a church that is very much a you know, we sing worship songs and, and the current day worship songs. And I hear, oh, you've got to be in the old hymnal. And I think it's it's very interesting to see how you were able to bring so many people to Christ in that way. But your story in the in the movie, I think, is the story of so many young people today. And that, to me, is the most powerful part about it, to see what God has done in your life. So I just kind of want you to share a little bit about that, if you can. Sure. Well, my story was unusual back in the day. I didn't know many people who lived a life similar to mine, but now, unfortunately, it seems to be representative of a lot of kids. Uh, I came from a broken home, and my mom was married and divorced seven times. She had a lot of boyfriends in between. She was a beautiful woman, literally a dead ringer for Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I kind of went along for her wild ride. 
And it was a crazy childhood. And so I had to grow up really quickly, Tudor. I had to, in many ways, be the adult in the relationship because my mother would drink to excess mm-hmm. every night and then pass out. And if she was married at the time or had a boyfriend, she'd get in a fight with him. And I don't mean just a disagreement. It would come to blows. Things would get thrown around the house. One man she married knocked her unconscious and she could have died from that. So I had to learn how to fend for myself, but also to take care of her. So it sent me on a search really early in life. Like, what is the meaning of life? And why am I here in this earth? And and I really wanted to know if there was more out there. And I made the mistake of getting into drugs uh, for a couple of years. And I saw how empty that all was. So at the ripe old age of 17, I felt like I was 70. And I I knew where the answer wasn't. I knew it was not in the affluent life that my mother chose, the adult world I knew. I knew it wasn't in the youth culture I was a part of at that time. And so I wondered, well, where is it? And on my high school campus in Newport Beach, California, there were these Christians. We called them Jesus freaks. And I I transferred over there to that school from another school and Uh, One of my friends said, careful, Greg, there's a lot of Jesus freaks on this campus. And I actually said, the last thing you'll ever see is Greg Laurie becoming a Jesus freak. Famous (laughs) last word. But uh, so it kind of started with a girl. And uh, so one day I was walking across the campus. There was this girl talking to a friend of mine. And something drew me to this girl. And it's not like she was the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen. She was attractive. But not like a beauty queen or something, but there was something about this girl. And so I walked up waiting for a break in the conversation and I noticed her notebook for class and various textbooks. And then I saw that book with black cover and gold pages and ribbons. I went, oh no, a Bible. I thought, what a, what a waste of a perfectly cute girl, right? She's (laughs) so, but it intrigued me. Why would this girl be a Jesus freak. But see, the very thing that drew me to her was just the presence of God in her. It was like a light. And Mm. so I went to the meeting that day at our high school campus. They were meeting out in the front lawn, the Christians singing songs about Jesus. And I sat down close enough to kind of keep an eye on this girl. But then before I knew it, I wasn't looking at her anymore. I was watching these Christians and They intrigued me. Why would they sing songs about God at lunchtime in front of other kids? They're going to be mocked for this. Uh, And then I I just tried a new thought on first size. What if it's all true? And I thought, of course it isn't true. It couldn't be true. Because, Tudor, I was very cynical because of my upbringing. And then I thought again, but what if it's true? And then a guy got up to speak, portrayed by Jonathan Rumi. His name was uh, Lonnie Frisbee in the Jesus Revolution film. And all I remember is one statement when he said, Jesus said, you're for me or against me. And I looked at those Christians and I thought, well, they're for him and Mm -hmm. I'm not one of them. Does that mean I'm against Jesus? I don't want to be against Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then he said, if you want to accept Christ into your life, get up and walk forward. And, And I thought that's the last thing I would ever do, walk forward and pray on the front lawn of my high school campus at lunchtime. But before I knew it, Tudor, I was up there praying that was the day that Christ came into my life and the whole course of my life changed. Hmm. I think it's interesting in the film, you, your character says, you know, I'm afraid that this is just going to be fleeting like the drugs, like it's not real. It's not going to be no. there permanently. And right. here you are all these years later, still 
talking about Jesus, still bringing people over to faith, still saving people's lives. And and it's funny to me because you call them Jesus freaks. When I moved to Michigan, which we moved to Michigan 20 years ago, and I would I, I have shared my faith journey before on the podcast. I grew up in a household where we people call us creasters. You go to church on Christmas and Easter, right? That was the way we yes. grew up. I like the creasters. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so as we a call We call them CEO Christians, Christmas and Easter only. That's good. Yes, yes. So uh, so yes. that was that was my family, but it, and it wasn't as though we never talked about Jesus or we weren't faithful. It just wasn't the center point of family, which it should be. And so when I moved to Michigan, uh, but I'd always had kind of had that pull to the church. And so when I moved to Michigan, uh, friends of ours wanted us to go to this new church plant. And my other friends were like, well, you're not going to become a Bible thumper. And that was, I'd never heard that before. I didn't know what that was. And, and then when I sat down at Bible study for the first time, the woman said, you know, if this is the path you take, you'll lose friends. And, and I remember that, that tug of, do I want to pursue this and what do I lose? And, you know, the thought of losing something is very scary. But, oh, just on Sunday, our pastor said, if I ask you what it costs you to be a Christian and you say it doesn't really cost me much, then you're doing something wrong. And I thought, huh, that's interesting because it yeah. does cost you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, the Bible even says, beware when all men speak well of you. You know, mm-hmm. we, we love mm-hmm. to quote the promises of God. God promises to provide all of our needs. God promises to be with us in times of turmoil. And God also promises this, all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I, I haven't claimed that promise lately. Lord, I want to be persecuted more, mm-hmm. but you will be. And it's not even really because of anything you do. It's just because of who you are, because you believe in this truth and you hold on to this truth. And, you know, Christians are often described as intolerant. I find that the Christians I know are among the most tolerant people out there. You know, we want people to believe what we believe, but we don't say they have to be silenced and they're not entitled to an opinion. Uh, we will want to engage them and dialogue with them and even debate them as opposed to other people who claim to be tolerant who are the most intolerant people. They want to silence us. They want to shut us down. They don't want us to have a voice in the conversation. But uh, this, this is what happens, though, and we are light in a dark place, and we need to just keep letting that light shine. I think that the moment I really realized how powerful God is and what a powerful force he is in my life is that when I realized the Bible is the living word of God that continues, we live in the Bible every day, like your story is a biblical story and you only you can talk to people who are who have faith and who have not grown up in the faith. And God knew that about you. Like your story is so important to your path because he had to have you go through the pain of the way you were brought up in your childhood for you to be able to connect, connect with those people. Just like the Bible speaks to people and all the different stories speak to different people in different ways, because you have to be able to see your own story in that to come to Jesus. Yeah, it's really true. And you know, it's called a testimony and Every believer has a testimony. Now, some are more dramatic than others. I have some friends, like my friend Daryl Strawberry, you know, he was a famous baseball player, but 
he got in heavily into drugs and actually was sent to prison. That's, but he came to Christ. Powerful testimony. I have another friend named Michael Franzese that was actually in the mob. He was being groomed to become the next Don or Godfather. And, and the Lord got hold of him in prison. Uh, and he came to Christ. Now he's out serving the Lord. But not everyone has a story like that. Maybe another would say, kind of like your story, Tudor. You were raised in a home where you went to a church on Christmas and Easter. And, and you were what we would call a good person, you know, a moral person. But you saw your need for Jesus as well. Everybody needs Jesus. And, and, and my story is different, but all of us have a story that can connect to someone out there. And, and, and here's, here's everyone's story in a nutshell who's a Christian. Once we were blind, now we see. Mm. You know, regardless of how we tried to fill our life or what we did in our life prior to Christ, we were just lost people looking for truth. And we heard the gospel and then we believed in Jesus. So the woman that you saw that day, the girl that you saw the spirit in her that you were drawn to, and I believe that you were drawn to the Holy Spirit through her yes, that yes. day. Is is that your wife today? No, in the movie, it is. Because mm -hmm. the director and writer of the story, John Irwin, thought that was a better movie <laughs> story. So there's some things, you know, in the movie that aren't true to real life. And there are other things that are exactly true. I mean, the arc of the story is all true. But but the, the story is compressed and and uh, little things are a little different. But, you know, this is happens in all movies. But um, no, so it's that was not my wife, Kathy. I met her a little bit later. And we, uh, we just celebrated 50 years of marriage. So it's our 50th anniversary right now. So what has this journey, I mean, obviously through your eyes, but what has this journey been like for her? Well, it's, uh, it, you know, she has her own story. Mm -hmm. and, and Kathy came from a strong religious home and she was forced to go to church on Sundays and didn't like it. And uh, she got into drugs and other things as a very young girl. And then some Christians came in her campus, uh, not similar to my story, and they shared the gospel and, and she ended up coming to Christ. And, and, but you know, this has been a journey together. I've jokingly said I, I've been married 50 years to seven different women, all interestingly with the same name of Kathy. In fact, they even spelled their name the same. Because the Kathy I married at age 18 is not the Kathy of age 30 or the Kathy at age 40. And she just turned um, 68. And so, you know, she's changed, but she's grown. She's matured into a woman of God. But, you know, we've had so many adventures together and our lives are so interwoven and intertwined. You know, I can't even imagine my life without her. But um, but she has her own amazing story. You ought to have her in your podcast sometime. She would have oh, a I'd lot to, to say. <laughs> Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. 
Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. If you're looking for natural, healthy weight loss support, MD Blend Doctor Formulated Metatrim is an excellent choice. MD Blend offers a money-back guarantee if you're not satisfied, so you have nothing to lose but weight. Metatrim uses clinically studied ingredients like lemon verbena, hibiscus flower extracts, and green coffee bean extracts. A balanced diet and exercise go a long way, but... The doctor-formulated blend of ingredients found in Metatrim can provide healthy weight loss support to supplement your life. Go to mdblend.com today, click on the products tab, and select doctor-formulated Metatrim. Enjoy healthy weight loss support at mdblend.com with a money-back guarantee if not satisfied. You have nothing to lose but weight with Metatrim at mdblend.com. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you've seen the movie, then you see that you are, as you said, drawn to the church. You start going. This becomes like a massive media phenomena. You know, like they're they're looking at the media is looking at this and going, what in the world is happening? Why are all of these kids suddenly coming to Christ? And I could imagine it would still be the same today if we suddenly saw young people gathering on beaches and saying this has transformed me and changed me and i i believe that would be an amazing thing to see but you in this story are just one of the people who comes along until we see at the end and you seem almost like throughout the the movie that the journey is kind of pulling you along and you are not sure where it goes but you feel that you feel God's call to do more. And I think that's the coolest part. As I watched the film, the way they were able to capture that call God makes on people, that that call came to you and you hesitantly answered, but you knew it was there for you. And even when you were shut down, you still felt the pull to go start your own church. And, and now tell us about where that went from there and, and the churches. Well, the, we did start a church. We were doing this. You mentioned earlier a startup church. We were going to. We were doing a startup church before anyone was doing startup churches. Not that we the we were the first one, but it was very unusual to start a church from scratch, especially with a bunch of young people. That's exactly what we did. At first, I didn't even know I was starting a church. I was just teaching a little Bible study that began to grow. Now, fast forward fifty years. And we've just celebrated our 50th anniversary as a church. And we've been able to impact so many lives that we looked recently. And, and I could conservatively say that through our church and our outreach ministries over the past 50 years, that we have seen one million people wow. make a profession of faith. 
So look, I was the least qualified person to be the pastor of a church. I was not a good student in school. I was always getting into trouble. I love to draw cartoons. That's one thing I, I thought I had a little skill in, but I was kind of a troublemaker, always joking, always disrupting. And so when I became a Christian and realized that I needed to start studying and learn to be a student, because if you're going to teach, you have to learn how to study and know your material. I take what I do very seriously. That was a discipline for me, but God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And, you know, God, I don't think, is looking for extraordinary people, uh, Tudor. I think he's looking for ordinary people to do extraordinary things through. And the Bible says God often chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. You know, it's been said, if you see a turtle on a fence post, you know he didn't get there by himself. So when you look at me and what has happened in my life, there's no way I could have done this for myself there's no way I would have even tried to do this for myself. But it was something that God chose to do. And so I'm thankful for that. And, and I love what I do as much today at 71 as I did when I was 17. So it's something I'm still very passionate about. And, and I think the needs in our culture are greater than ever. And so I'm trying to do all that I can to find new ways to reach new people. One way we sum it up is we want to reach unexpected people in unexpected places with an unexpected message. Hmm. One of the complaints that I've heard from young people is if I go to a church, it's not for me. I don't fit there. I'm not perfect. I, I will go in and they'll say, oh, you're, you're a sinner. You're not part of it. And, and I've tried to explain to young people, no, no, the church is, is where you come as a sinner, well, we're all sinners. Every one of us is broken. No. The church is where you come and, and you will feel this, this change in your life. You will just feel yeah. this relief and this love that you've never understood. You, you will yes. never be able to understand how great the love is. Um, but how do you convince young people of that today? I mean, today it's, it's changed quite a bit from the sixties and seventies where there's a lot more noise in these young people's lives. They have a lot coming at them with social media, with, with the access yeah. to information and, and bad information. Yeah. Well, you know, the church is a hospital. Mm -hmm. it, you know, you, you go to a hospital not because you're healthy, but because you're sick. And the church is a hospital for sinners. It's not a museum for saints. It's a place to get patched up, to get help. You know, sometimes people say Christianity is just a crutch. Oh, I would disagree. It's not just a crutch. It's, it's a wheelchair. It's, a, it's intensive care. It's everything you need. And you have to admit you need God. And for some people, mm -hmm. this is hard. Some people have to hit rock bottom. Some people have to see how desperate their situation is. But Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. So he's saying, come to me. Everyone come to me. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story Jesus told to show us what God is like. Sort of like a selfie of God, if you will. So in this story that we call the story of the prodigal son, God describes himself. Remember, it's Jesus telling the story as a father who has two sons. One son goes astray, drags the family name to the gutter, gets himself into all kinds of trouble, comes to his senses and returns home. And in the story that Jesus tells to show us what God is like, 
The father sees his son at a distance, runs to him, throws his arms around him, and welcomes him back again. And they have a big party. So God is like a father who misses his son, who misses his daughter, who longs for a relationship with you, who misses us when we're gone, and wants to forgive us. So what is the qualification to get right with God? Just admit you need God. Now, having said that, when the prodigal son came home, the father threw his arms around him. He forgave him. He restored him, put a ring back in his finger, meaning he was still in a position of being a son. But but notice, though, that he took the dirty clothes off of him and put clean clothes on him. I think sometimes people will say to her, oh, God loves me and accepts me as I am which is another way of saying, I'm going to do whatever I want and call mm-hmm. myself a Christian. Okay, God loves you, and he accepts you the way that you are. True, but he doesn't want to leave you that way. He wants to change you and make you more like Jesus. You don't have to be perfect, but you can't use that as an excuse to just live as you please. If you're really a Christian, you should change. Your values will change. Your worldview will change. Um, everything about you will change. And so I think it's very important for people to, to, you know, understand that and read the Bible. I think one of the problems in our country today is there's just complete biblical illiteracy, mm-hmm. moral illiteracy. People don't know what right and wrong are anymore. Well, all of the morality in our nation came from our foundation, which we call it a Judeo-Christian belief. But to be specifically, uh, be specific, it was a belief in Scripture. Uh, and, and so... We need to get back to what the Bible says and see the Bible or see rather the world through a biblical lens and get a biblical worldview. It should affect us in the way that we think. It should affect us in the way that we vote. You know, I think if Christians would just get educated biblically, um, they should get out there and register and vote. Uh, Christians alone in many ways could decide the future of our country. If we would just get out there and prepare ourselves and understand what's going on in the world today. I mean, it is really true. We have a real problem with getting the Christian vote out there. And a lot yeah. uh, there's been a lot of discussion. Well, if I'm a good Christian, then I don't want to get in the, involved in the ugly world of politics. And we, we talked a little bit before we started recording about how ugly the world of politics really is. But yeah. your voice still has to be out there because your voice protects the rights to be a Christian. And, you know, I just spoke at the March for Life rally in Washington, D.C., and and I shared there was probably 100,000 people there, and it was snowing, and and I was so impressed by them, and so many of them were young. And I told them I could have been an abortion statistic. I was conceived out of wedlock. My mother could have aborted me so easily. Thankfully, she carried me to term. And so I just shared with them, you know, why it's so important to be pro-life. I'll just say this straight up. I could never vote for a candidate that supports abortion. And we Mm -hmm. have candidates today that support abortion right up to right before the birth of the baby. It's insane. And so I think we need to find out where these candidates stand on issues. And I'm not a one-issue voter, but I'll tell you, the issue of life, the sanctity of life is a big one to me. Well, and I think that's something where we have seen those voters staying home, those people. And honestly, I will tell you, one of the toughest parts of my campaign, obviously, was that issue. And I had many women who were professed Christians come to me and say, 
I just can't vote for you if you don't support my daughter who's in college right now and could need to use this. And and I think that is, I think from your perspective and what you're saying about really understanding gospel, really understanding oh. what God is saying, I mean, it really is understanding the beauty of creation and yeah. the privilege of being a part of that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the psalmist says, I'm fearfully and wonder, wonderfully made. Uh, before I was formed in my mother's womb, you knew me. You know, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit while he was still in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth, and jumped uh, when Mary walked into the room in the womb. So, I mean, the, these children at conception, they're made in the image of God, and they have every right to live. Look, if you, if you find yourself pregnant outside of marriage, you know, you should carry that baby to term, and maybe you'll decide to keep the baby. But if not, put it up for adoption. There's so many loving couples out there looking for children to adopt today. Let the children live. I just saw a quote from Steve Jobs. You know, he was put up for adoption. He said, I'm glad I was not aborted. You know, and my mother put me up for adoption, my birth mother. And so th this is um, to use, in many ways, using uh, abortion as a form of birth control. It's so horrible. I, I know a lady, she got an abortion probably 30 years ago, and she says it still haunts her today. People don't think about the long-term repercussions and the effect of that on the woman. Sometimes the full weight of it does not sink in until later in her life. And and so we sh we want to discourage this and let these children live and, and live their own life and make their own decisions. And so these women that would say that to you, they may claim to be Christians, but they're not obeying what the Bible says straight up. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. If you're looking for natural, healthy weight loss support, MD Blend Doctor Formulated Metatrim is an excellent choice. MD Blend offers a money back guarantee if you're not satisfied, so you have nothing to lose but weight. Metatrim uses clinically studied ingredients like lemon verbena, hibiscus flower extracts, and green coffee bean extracts. A balanced diet and exercise go a long way, but. The doctor-formulated blend of ingredients found in Metatrim can provide healthy weight loss support to supplement your life. Go to mdblend.com today, click on the products tab, and select doctor-formulated Metatrim. Enjoy healthy weight loss support at mdblend.com with a money-back guarantee if not satisfied. You have nothing to lose but weight with Metatrim at mdblend.com. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash first year 15 for promotional details. 
Well, and the story that you just told, I think that's something that we have been remiss in telling those stories. I know there's a young woman who was a part of a, a pop group when she was younger and she had she must have had multiple abortions because she just came out a few weeks ago and she said, I now have a Grammy, but I have no children to to share it with. And that will be my greatest pain in life. And I'm like, why we need to share those stories because I think that people, I mean, I grew up in the era where it was, this is no big deal. This is a procedure. This is not, it's not a human yet. And there's so, like I said, our kids are in this society filled with noise and it's just coming at them constantly. And that one to me is the, the most devastating to see the amount of propaganda that is pushed on them to say, this is your right and you should be allowed to do this. And this is no big deal because I do think that the psychological effect of knowing what you've done afterward, it it is for many people more than they can handle. Yeah, that's right. Well, there's forgiveness, you know, so Mm. I've talked to mothers who've done this and, and they're tormented by it and they need to accept the forgiveness of God. And, they need to also understand that that little one is in heaven. You know, Jesus said, let the little children come unto me for if such is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I believe that little one goes straight into the presence of God and the mother can have the hope that she'll see that one one day in heaven, I would think. But, um, and accept God's forgiveness, but not continue on in that pattern, you know, for sure. And so thank God he gives second chances no matter what we've done. I, I think that reminds me of the story Heaven is for Real and the little boy who goes, he he dies on the hospital table and he goes there and he, and he sees his sister. And that to me, we lost a baby. Um, oh. And my daughters, they learn that in school. They go through the whole, they read the book and then they watch the movie. And it's it's really those stories, again, God tells stories in such creative ways, of course. And so that story, my girls, all four of them, after they read the book, came home and said, we're going to see faith in heaven when we go there. She'll be there waiting for us. And and to them, that's so powerful because the way they talk about abortion and, and all of this that's coming at them, they have a different knowledge of it based on the stories that they've heard from other people of how God loves us and how God, and what heaven is like. And, and that's why I think it's so important what you're doing. You have Harvest America. I want you to quickly tell our folks about Harvest America and what what that actually is. Well, years ago, a number of years ago, um, we went to the AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas, and we had an event we called Harvest America that was broadcast live to churches around the country. And it ended up being the single largest evangelistic event in American history in live attendance. There were 100,000 people in the stadium and, and thousands and thousands more everywhere. So uh, we continue to do these events that we call Harvest Crusades. We have one coming up at Angel Stadium where we're, we've been doing it over 30 years. And, and they're just good old fashioned, large scale evangelistic events, kind of in the tradition of Billy Graham uh, with contemporary music and a very clear, understandable message that I give on how to come into a relationship with Christ. And then an invitation is given where People walk forward and ask the Lord to come into their life, and we webcast them live. And we have a really great um, a streaming platform we just launched, Tutor. It's called Harvest Plus. Okay. You can go to your app store and download it. And so whenever we do one of these Harvest Crusades, it's there at Harvest Plus. All of my sermons are there. 
We've done some documentary films uh, about people you may have heard of, like Steve McQueen and Johnny Cash and their faith journey. I actually started out as an artist. And as you may remember in the Jesus Revolution film, the young Greg was always drawing, and that was true, I was. And so I've just recently been able to bring my cartoon characters to life in what we're calling the animated adventures of Ben Born Again and Yellow Dog. And they're fun, they're entertaining, uh, and they're evangelistic. And so kids, we're hearing that kids are really loving them. So best thing is just go to uh, your app store, download Harvest Plus, or you can go to our website, harvest.org. But yeah, we're going to just keep proclaiming the gospel in every way we can through films and animation and live events and what other, what other, whatever opportunities there are out there. That is amazing. So those are actually your draw. This is your animation. This is your animation yes. come to life. How neat is that, though, to see that that was how it started. And now it's come all the way to you putting this out there for kids to actually watch this. Yeah, it's kind of full circle, you know, but but I never stop drawing, though. You know, if I'm sitting anywhere and there's a piece of paper and a pen, I'm going to draw. And I love to draw. It's always been a form of entertainment for me. And so this is something I was very excited to do. Now, we're working with a professional animation studio that have brought my characters to life, but I've been involved in every aspect of it. And I really enjoyed it. It's been quite the adventure. I've always wanted to do animation. So uh, it's something that to me is a lot of fun, but we've been very intentional, like in the Jesus Revolution film, to get the gospel in there. Because, you know, there's something about art, and by art I mean music or film, you know, it, it we're disarmed by it, we connect to the story, we relate to it in a different way. It's not like the way people listen to sermons. And right. so I think by using a film or animation or a song, you, you can disarm a person in many ways and, and get them to open up and think about it in a different way. And when you stop and think about it, when Jesus walked our earth, he talked, he told a lot of stories. We call them parables. They were just stories. They were illustrations, things that people of that day understood. Right. And so they could connect to these stories. So I think stories are a powerful way to share the gospel. And that's just on the App Store. You just download Harvest Plus and, and yeah. that's where you can get all of that. Awesome. That's amazing. Well, Pastor Greg Laurie, I'm so glad you were here with us today. Thank, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Tudor. Great to be with you. And God bless you. Thank you. And, and thank you all of you for listening to the Tudor Dixon podcast. For this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans, who's our roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> 
I said, what? Sounds you perfect. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.